Hello and welcome to the Corner 3, where we're posted up and spotted up talking all things Mavs on and off the floor. My name is Bobby Corella. Season 2 of this great program here on the Mavs YouTube channel and starting in November, back on Studio 41 Radio on 97 won the freak but there's not going to be any sophomore slump around here okay no this is a second year leap i promise you it's coming joining me as always i guess my new co-worker now can i call you <laughs> yeah. that we'll, we'll learn more about that in a second the great isaac harris isaac what's up let's do this a new season i'm ready a I'm new excited. you but the same it's like 82 degrees outside right now, <laughs> and you are still dressed up for the Arctic. Hey, we're taking some pictures today, and we're like, hey, we're rock new outfits, and Kat was like, hey, bring multiple outfits, so bring multiple jackets. I was like, all right, I guess that was a shot, but... You are the that's, jacket that's the true. jacket king, the one more layer king. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get back to you in a second. Uh, sitting next to Isaac, making her career debut in the sophomore season of the Corner 3 Austin Ivan. Austin, welcome. I love the energy. Thank you. <laughs> We're pumped. I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of nervous, but I'm excited, but it's going to be fun. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. I'm nice, Isaac, not so much. So. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's the bully. You're saying no, no. You're sitting between two of the like least serious people uh, there is, but uh, except for about our basketball opinions. Exactly. Austin so, <laughs> well, first off, before we start criticizing, okay. yourself, <laughs> where do you join us from, Austin? What's your story? Um, I've lived in Dallas for five years. I love basketball. I'm from Oklahoma, so not too far away. Um, you made a good choice. Yeah. Dallas. I mean, everyone talked about Dallas, Texas, and I didn't get the hype until I moved here. And now I get it. I'm like, okay, Texas is pretty cool. Mm. So I love it. Um, but I work at Bally Sports Southwest. Um, right now, I'm covering a lot of high school football, traveling every weekend, and then all things Dallas Mavericks once the season starts. So those are kind of my two focuses right now. But yeah, basketball has always been my number one sport, my favorite thing to cover. So I love when it gets this time of year. Heck yeah. Can you explain, because there's a lot of people that watch this that probably live in Dallas, but there's many more that don't live either in Dallas or in Texas or even in America. Can you explain to someone with no preconceived idea about what high school football in Texas is like, is why you would work for a TV station covering teenagers playing football. It's crazy, yeah. Being from Oklahoma, like high school football was cool, whatever, but coming here, it's bigger than a lot of college games. It's insane how much time and effort we put into this high school football show every week. I mean, there are so many fans, there's college coaches, recruits there. I mean, these kids are the best of the best in the entire state, the top recruits. They are, you know, getting ready to go play at the next level. And a lot of them go on to then play in the NFL. So it's crazy, you know, just how much hype is around high school football in Texas. But when you go to your first game, like you'll understand, like the atmosphere is just unlike anything else. So it's fun. I covered high school football for two years, Isaac. Did so I? So you understand you a little yeah. bit. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I did some stringing for the Dallas Morning News. Okay. Yeah, and as small as like two A and three A schools, and as big as like you know five six. Like it was, you know, yeah. there's ten, fifteen, twenty thousand people going to these games. Yeah, like the five and six A games are fun just because you know there's more fans there than a lot of college games. But like the smaller schools, like those games are also so fun because the whole town shuts down. Mm -hmm. I mean, like there, you drive through these towns to get to these like small little um, stadiums and Every store is closed. There's no one on the roads. And then you get there and the stadium is just packed. So those are like honestly the funnest games because these kids know nothing more than high school football. A lot of pride. Yeah. 
So your stuff with Bally has you, you cover high school sports, high school football, but you've also covered professional sports. Yeah. Stars. Yeah. Right. Yep. You've done a lot of Maverick stuff. I gotta just throw this one at you. Who is your favorite Mavericks player you've interviewed? When I moved here, my first interview was Media Day, and it was Dirk. Whoa. So I feel like Whoa. that's like, how do you start with anything? bigger or better than that so like yeah. the bar was just set really really high i was obviously like right out of college and didn't like know what i was doing to be interviewing Dirk. like that was crazy um but i always like talking to dorian finney smith he was great he's fun <laughs> i miss him yeah so we get to see him next week though yeah fired up yeah for that. yeah are you gonna be able to be at that game the home opener or are you gonna be doing football football Ooh. i know I Ooh, know. That's how big it is. I know. Yeah. That's a, maybe Dorian can come to the football <laughs> game so that he doesn't have to guard Luca. Uh, yeah. Give you a break. Yeah. Uh, but you also played college basketball. Yes. Um, I played at Oklahoma State my freshman sophomore year. So I was from Stillwater, Oklahoma. So it was an easy choice to stay right there and go to Oklahoma State. Um, it was a team I always, you know, grew up watching and went to their camps every year. So it was really a dream come true. Um, to get to stay in my hometown and play for Oklahoma State. So is that there was a lot of water in Stillwater? Well, I feel like it's such like a yeah, misnomer. No, no, there's definitely not. Is there not. any water? No, it's like dry. Oklahoma, you know, it's just a the lot heck? of... Yeah. What was the recruiting process like and how much did other colleges offer? <laughs> for me... <laughs> okay, for me, like I... <laughs> By that you mean playing time and opportunities. Roles and... <laughs> on the team. <laughs> I knew my role. My role mm. was um, to keep the team GPA up and, you know, be a great... <laughs> <laughs> to be a great practice player like I okay. I loved basketball but I knew that was obviously like not gonna be a career for me like down the road um so out of high school I really didn't even want to look at college I didn't even know if I wanted to play in college like I just wanted to be a college student like I wanted to you know maybe go to TCU or Texas or Kansas just somewhere for fun um and it kind of just worked out that I could go to OSU have like my fun you know college life with my friends and have opportunities to do the regular life but then also play basketball so it was a good balance for me but yeah playing basketball being on the team like I was kept the team GPA up you know um still D1 though yeah I mean yeah it was so fun you, you could hoop I mean I was definitely like the shortest one on the team probably the least athletic one on the team but um You're like the Berea of yeah, yeah yeah exactly I'll take that role were you close to Marcus Smart years yeah yeah I was there okay. when he was um we honestly would, we would go shoot a lot together. Oh. I don't know if I was helping him when we were in the gym together. He was probably <laughs> more helping me, like putting me through drills. He would, we would always practice our Euro step together. So um, we also played a lot of tennis together. That was like what we wow. did. Stillwater, there's not a lot to do in the summer. So playing tennis, like. Now it we would be pickleball. Yeah, that would be now. But yeah, so we yeah. were like our, we were always partners in tennis and doing a little doubles tennis with a couple other teammates. So that was fun. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Marcus Smart seems like a fun guy to root for, even though he went to Marcus, which is my high school, Louisville High okay. School's big rival. Yeah. This is like you made the wrong choice. Um, but at least he, you know, redeemed himself. But he has to go to Marcus a... because his name is Yeah, Marcus. I felt like that's a little self indulgent, you know. <laughs> like go go somewhere else. Man. Like would I go to Bobby High School? Like I doubt it. Yeah. I would go to an Austin high school. I yeah, would, that would be that would be I, pretty I cool. I wanted to go to Texas just because I was like, it'd be cool to live in a city that's my name. Yeah, so. UT Austin. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Austin, I looked you up on Twitter and or X. Yeah. And I was like, all right, found your profile. And you just have an incredible Twitter bio. And we, 
do we need to work on a new one? Okay, so the Twitter the Twitter bio is basketball emoji. Get ready for this. <laughs> Hooper turned sports reporter. Wow. Microphone emoji. It sounds cheesy when you say it's it pretty like good. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sensing the sarcasm. I thought it was like a really creative, like unique bio when I put it there. That's and pretty then, good. And then now I'm like, I, f- I feel like a lot of people say it now. So I'm open for suggestions on what I should change it to. I don't know. I feel like we just got to keep it right now. Hooper turned sports reporter. Coming up next. I mean, it really sums up your journey yeah. in one bio. And I think the bio has a character limit, right? Yeah. I don't what know. What if uh, I feel like... people leave suggestions in the comment section <laughs> below? You know? Yeah. Maybe? I'll, I'll take any suggestions. I'm... Uh-oh. There's no telling what we're going to get in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> you, you'll have to change yours too, Isaac, right? Because well, Yeah, uh, what's yours? Yeah, yeah. One let's let's professional that. podcaster. <laughs> we gotta put the spotlight on Isaac now, because Isaac, you do work here now <laughs> officially. I think, right or no? I do. Where I, are yeah, we just, in that process? <laughs> yes. Well, it's you know it's been a long process. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I officially do. So under all the all the team roles now, so I get to have some fun. I'm super excited. You know, I've done Locked On Mavs for six years now. 1800 episodes just um there's a lot of fun a lot of podcasts oh my god (laughs) yeah that's insane (laughs) there's a lot of podcasts a lot of off-season content uh but no that that was uh so much fun and you know nick has been awesome to to do that with and uh become one of my my best friends and uh but this was a a cool step for me and to to kind of step into the mavs role and become official here and do some content with you all and you know we've been doing stuff for a, a while now um it's pretty crazy it's been like i've been doing like freelance stuff four or five years of from writing to random stuff and i'm excited for i think the coolest part that i'm excited the most about is this studio is studio 41 this kind of newer uh thing uh, with the mavs that kind of launched and was built last year and there's just the opportunities are like endless of the amount of content and different types of content that we can create this season and so yeah i'm excited to hop on board and we're happy to have you here, man. some fun things and we're happy to have austin as well and both of you as i understand will be doing things that are just outside of the you know limitations of this program right you're both gonna be doing your own thing um for us on youtube whatever isaac I, if you're hosting shows i don't know you're like a podcast uh overlord um so <laughs> I, I think you might you might end up having some of those too but everything that we all do We'll be right here on YouTube, and that includes this show. So for those of you who don't know, who haven't seen the show before, we did it last year. Uh, it was me and Isaac and Katia. Now, Katia is in the back with Chopper making graphics, and uh, the lower thirds that you see down here when we talk about the Katia's waving right now. You just got to <laughs> – she said hi. Um, and uh, she might hop on from time to time as well. Um, but we're bringing in the big guns, man. We, we got a we got a Hooper turned sports reporter now on on set with us. So, <laughs> okay, we uh, can't. Yeah, we we gotta think of something else. <laughs> uh, so we will have this show coming to you every weekend. It'll be on Saturdays, is when it'll come out. Now we always record the show on Friday, and so if there's a game on Friday night, we're gonna pretend that the Mavs won by 50 as we talk about the previous week's business. But this program will come to you every single Saturday, and it will also beginning in November, be broadcast on the radio. Can you believe that? On 97.1 The Freak, that is the Mavs official flagship station. I believe that we're going to be on like right before or right after the great Mark Stein. Ooh. So that's either a tough act to follow or a really good act to be the warm-up 
band for. Don's had some really good guests over the past month or so. Yes, yeah, he's yeah, he's one of a kind. The great Mark Stein, the great Mark Stein. Um, so okay, happy to have both of y'all. It's gonna be a fun year. It's gonna be right. Please be reassuring. Yes, it's gonna be so fun. We're gonna have so much fun. All In right. the studio, we will have fun. Outside of the studio, <laughs> we leave it up to the basketball gods. Okay, uh, so let's dive right into the hot topics. Speaking of studio things, Mavs rookie Derek Lively II was right here, actually. I think, like, physically, like, right in this spot uh, a few days ago doing an interview with the great Mark Followell on Take That With You. That podcast episode is on our YouTube channel now. It's also in podcast feeds wherever you get your podcasts. Um, dude, guy's 19 years old. He talks like he's, like, 40 uh, like in a good way, I guess. <laughs> he talks like he's 25. I, I don't know about 40. He plays like he's 22. Uh, and he might just be your, your Mavs starting center. So I want to, I, I guess like through preseason, he's been like the big, the single biggest storyline um, in terms of magnitude and also in terms of height for the Mavs. So what have been uh, y'all's general impressions of, of Derek so far, whether it's as a person, as a player, on the court, off the court, what, what have you? I mean, I think what you said, the way he talks, he's so mature for being 19 years old. What he's already gone through in life is crazy, but I feel like that's really shaped him and molded him into the player he is. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting year watching him as a rookie. Um, he has an opportunity to make some really big moves and, and play a lot of minutes and be an impact to this team. So I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Yeah. You know, Grant was talking the other day after practice, Grant Williams, and he's like, you know, we're pretty much telling him like, you got to be a vet like now, like <laughs> you got to grow up now. And, but he was praising some of the small things that he already does at an excellent level. He knows his spots. He knows uh, where to be. It feels like there's already some chemistry building between him and Luca being able to run the pick and roll and, and all of that. So, you know, it, it's, it, there's going to be a learning curve. He's still going to be a rookie, but you know, I, I've kind of been in this camp for the past few months that I feel like he should, he should be the starter. And, that just let's go ahead and throw him in there. He's he was a twelfth overall pick. You know they had the tenth pick. They moved back a few spots. They took him a lottery pick. You know you you look at good teams or like teams pursuing a, a long playoff run uh, that typically doesn't fit the mold of that of hey starting a young rookie center. But whenever you look at some of the other guys in the room and you say all right well why not like why why shouldn't we start him. And I just don't have the best of answers for like why you shouldn't start. I think he showed enough in the preseason that yes, there's going to be a few moments there like, all right, that's a rookie there. But there's also going to be moments where like he can do things out there that our other big men on the roster just can't do. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited for him. I, I think the maturity part, the interviews, I the interview with with Mark Followell the other day on Tech That with you was was awesome. Um, talked a lot about his relationships, his relationship with his mother. Uh, which is just, I mean, I'm like in the car. I'm like, is it allergy season? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think what's I need going to pull on? over. <laughs> I know. Like, all right, hey, I don't know what's going on. In my eyes here, but uh, but no, he just seems like just such a good guy, and uh, I'm excited to see what the season looks like for him. There's two big challenges I think when you're starting a lottery pick at center. Uh, number one. Maybe the guy's just a little too big for his britches, right? Like mm -hmm. he's the number five overall draft pick, in lively case, the number 12, sometimes the number one overall pick. And you're thinking, like, I want to get touches. I want to score. I want to get my numbers. But doesn't really seem like he cares all that much uh, about that stuff. I'm sure one day he will prefer to average a double-double or whatever. But right now, I don't think he cares if he gets five points or 25 points 
he knows that defense is the the way that he's going to get on the floor and stay on the floor, which I think is really, really important because even as the role man playing with Luka and Kyrie, like you're not going to get, you know, you're never going to post up. He might post up once all season. Um, second, fouls. Can you get in position? Can you be in the right place at the right time? Can you stay disciplined? Can you stay vertical? Can you not get like uh, schooled by the Chris Pauls of the world that are going to like fool you into, into, into you know, making mistakes? Um, but, and this isn't any slight to, to Dwight or to other big men that the Mavs had last season, but I mean, we've seen in recent years, it feels like almost all of the Mavs big men have at times struggled with fouls. So I don't think that's a challenge that's going to be unique to Derek. I think Dwight got in foul trouble a lot. We saw JaVale McGee get in foul trouble a lot. Christian Wood got in foul trouble a lot last season for the Mavs. So um, it's not like, you know, that wasn't an issue that already existed. The Mavs gave up a lot of free throw attempts last season. They have to shore that up this year. And hopefully Derek can learn. But the only way to do that, the only way to learn is with repetition and more repetition and more and more and more repetition. Austin, I'm curious. Uh, you played college basketball as a 19-year-old. Could you imagine... At that age, like starting starting for a professional team, absolutely not. Like there is no way the yeah. things that I thought you know were like I don't know the things that were bothering me as a nineteen year old a college student trying to just figure out how to get to class and go to practice on time is nothing compared to like what he's about to be doing now. So it's so crazy to think about trying to put myself in his shoes. Like there's no way I'd be able to handle it like he has. Um, yeah, going back to the maturity, like I think he's so ready for this opportunity, but there's not a lot of 19 year olds, you know, around the league and college that are ready for an opportunity like this. So yeah. it's crazy. I think it the difference. So he's working a lot with Tyson, uh, yeah. Tyson Chandler, who came to the NBA right out of high school. Uh, is there, you know, having played basketball at OK State and then Isaac knowing a lot about Duke, unfortunately for you, mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. big, big baddies Duke, um, how much of an advantage or is there even an advantage to having a year in D1 basketball where there is some structure, where there is some like, you know, kind of something to like prepare you for it, as opposed to a guy like Tyson who just came right from Dominguez, like as a fresh face 18 year old? I mean, I think that year definitely will help him. I mean, there's I couldn't. Yeah, I I think that having one year of experience, taking that another leap and, you know, the physicality, just the level of play like is one step higher compared to high school. And so now it's definitely even a bigger leap this year, but no doubt playing one year of college is definitely going to be beneficial for him. And at a program like Duke, yeah. you know, they just crank out <laughs> star players and, uh, you know, NBA players and stuff. And, you know, that him and Mark, you know, covered that on the, on the podcast, but about, you know, that was the first year coach K had just stepped away. He steps in and it was kind of a weird season at Duke for him because there he had a small injury. There was a lot of talk early on. It's like because he was one of the top recruits out of high school. So he goes to Duke and it's like, all right, what? Who is this guy? Like, what are they asking him to do? Is this a system thing? Is it a him thing? Is it an injury thing? It wasn't really fully clicking. But by the end of the season, you could see all the defensive potential that he had, and that's when it really clicked for him. Speaking of podcasts although this isn't really a podcast it's more of like a it's like a, a big event it's like probably the single biggest event in studio 41 history i don't want to like i don't want to <laughs> overhype this i don't want to oversell this man earlier this week i had the experience of a lifetime playing chess against new mav grant williams let's just look at that look at the intensity look at that picture was this look before or after the game uh, this was uh, th that was taken. Ooh, that was taken after the game. I think actually. Oh. 
Uh, so now the graphic says, did Grant Williams checkmate Bobby? Now I'm not going to spoil anything. You're going to have to tune in to find out, but, um, just like, you know, we learn a lot about Derek Lively every time he's behind the microphone because the dude is just so thoughtful and so mature for his age. It is really hard to remember that Grant Williams is only 24. Like Grant Williams is still really, really young too. Uh, but we talk about all sorts of stuff during this game. We talk a little bit about chess. We talk a little bit about basketball. We talk a little bit about, you know, other interests in his life. And he is just such a, a another really, really well-rounded, thoughtful, intelligent, uh, great communicator of a guy. And, you know, everybody in Boston that he played with seems to really like him. The players already kind of miss him. They joke about him, but of course they miss him. Um, so I'm really fired up to, uh, for, for, first off, to see the interview for myself. I haven't seen it yet, but then also to share it with all of you. Now, that will come out next week. I don't want to say a day because uh, I don't know <laughs> the day that it will come out. Even even Kat's just d giving me the, the MJ shrug <laughs> in the back, but it will come out next week. It's going to be awesome. Now, the question I have for you guys is if you could challenge an NBA player to a one-on-one -on -one in anything, but like you were doing it in the hopes of beating them, like what could you take an NBA player? What 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 are you gonna beat them at? What's like your thing? Um gosh. Well I was gonna say if you're not watching on YouTube right now, there some some incredible pictures are oh yeah are on the screen yeah. of, of Bobby and Grant. Uh little bit different bicep muscle sizes. And mine mine are like bigger, I think more toned. More <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um you can see just a little bit that picture right there. <laughs> I mean <laughs> That is pure. <laughs> that is pure muscle. I mean, like I, I can't believe my like arms shredded. are almost completely covering up Grant's in this picture. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. <laughs> so I just wanted to point that out there. Well, I, I okay, I skipped arm day a few times in the lead up to the match because I was so busy studying, yeah. you know, and practicing. So that's why I think it, they look a little smaller. Um, as far as man, I don't know what I could. What I would challenge him in. I mean, what Singing. do you like? I don't know. I feel uh, like we no. were going to do a sing-off. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can't do a sing-off. That would be good. Maybe. Because obviously you want to stay away from anything physical. These guys are freak athletes. You know, they'll win at any of that stuff. Yeah. So there's got to be some sort of like, you know. I know. I don't even know what it'd be. And I mean, yeah. I don't have like a, you know, hooper turn... Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't have anything before I turned. Uh, you have no other before. talents, Austin. Are you secretly good at anything? Um, you know, I used to do gymnastics, but that's still kind of athletic, and I feel like a lot of guys could maybe like low key do a black backflip or something that we wouldn't expect. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You're right. Although it, I feel like if like a seven footer would have a hard time doing a backflip, right? Yeah. But then we see the videos of Wimby doing these, like yeah. he's doing the splits, like it's nothing. Yeah. So that's like the only other like athletic thing i could think of maybe if mm. i like was back in college where i like shot every day like i don't i'm not saying i would win in like a game of horse but like maybe i could you could hold your own get a letter on them just get a letter on non-luca non-kyrie yeah because i yeah. feel like those no guys, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure like maybe yeah i don't know all right i got some lord of the rings trivia Ooh, okay <laughs> i bet you would dominate <laughs> i feel like i would beat a lot of the players. how many nba play let's say there's 500 nba players how many nba players have seen the trilogy i mean i've never like, seen any more uh, i'll go over <laughs> under nine and a half you taking the over the under i'll like, take the over yeah really yeah but under like 25 okay isn't dwight big into lord of the rings or it, is that harry potter i feel like he's into one of those. He would be my guess on the team. 
Dwight or yeah huh cat is just like laughing hysterically <laughs> in the background <laughs> I'm curious I'll, I might I might do some investigating how many Lord of the Ring movies are there oh my gosh there's three Oh, okay. Three, then the Fellowship of the Ring, the Two Towers, the Return of the King, and then there's a Hobbit trilogy, but that does not so count. So you, I think, does not count. you guys could be a good team. You feel like you know a lot too. I'd be curious to to square we, off against you. We would we would beat any duo on the Mavs. Oh, not even close. Yeah. Anyway, at Lord of the Rings trivia, which is worth <laughs> a lot, I think. Uh, okay, so anyway, that grand interview is coming out next week. It's gonna be awesome. So uh, stay tuned for that. Okay, let's get into some. Season predictions, all right? As of the time that you're watching this, preseason is over. Now, we here in Studio 41% of my time don't know what happened in the game last night. I'm assuming Kyrie probably dropped 50 and the Mavs won by like, obviously, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a laugher. They probably won by 35 at least. Um, and everyone made it through the game healthy and it's all good ahead of the game against San Antonio, the season opener on Wednesday night. So... Want to do a couple Mavs predictions, Mavs thoughts um, before we get into things going on in the Western Conference? Because, of course, the Mavs could win 45 games, but that might not be enough to make the playoffs because there's other teams in the West, too. So before we dive into the competition, I want to hear from from each of us. and include. I want to hear from myself. Uh, one Mav that you've got your eye on, uh, parentheses, in a non-creepy way. That was an Isaac edition. Yep. Um, who, who is someone, Isaac, let's start with you. Who's, who's someone that you're paying extra special, extra close attention to because they're, they're either really compelling or you think they could get a bigger role or you think they're being slept on or you don't really know what to expect from them or, or, or what have you. Dante Exum. I, I'm, I'm really excited to see kind of what type of role that he can have on this team. And, you know, preseason was a kind of a, a little glimpse of it. And, you know, we're talking like a, you're talking about a player's what the fifth overall pick back in his draft, you know, a handful of years ago, and then it doesn't work out. You honestly go back and track like those first years in the league for him, really unlucky injury stuff. And so some big time injuries for him. Then he has to, you know, he heads back, heads overseas, changes his shot, shoots the ball at a high level uh, from three. And now he's getting kind of the second chance back in the league. And, you know, he's 28 years old. Fun fact here, he's two years younger than Dorian Finney-Smith and Duncan Robinson. And, yeah. Are they really? <laughs> why those two? Because their names start with D? <laughs> no, but I'm just trying to think of some guys that's like, it, it just gives you a little bit of, like he's the same, like he's younger than Terry Rozier, he's younger than okay, Nerlens okay, Noel, okay, okay, yep. uh, two years younger than Dorian Duncan Robinson. Just to give you like a, if you kind of view, hey, Duncan Robinson Oh, it feels like he's kind of still of a younger player or Nerlens or whatever. It's like Dante Exum is still just 28. It's not like he's 32 coming back, you know, into the league. And I've just I really liked what I've seen in the preseason from him. He gives the kind of backup unit a unique thing of, you know, you have these you don't like to put people in boxes, but it's like Jaden Hardy, Seth Curry, you know, Tim Hardaway, they can get buckets. They can get buckets at any time. You look at Dante Exum, he's this bigger de defensive guard, but he can also, you know, get the rebound, push the pace, go coast to coast. And I just think he brings something to the team that they just don't have off the bench. And I'm I'm really curious to see what type of role he has. I think he could get some, you know, minutes with I don't think he's like starter, but I think he could get, you know, decent minutes sometimes with Kyrie or Luca. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for him too to have a second chance. 
They need a guy that can make plays for other people off the bench. Yeah. You know, like Jaden is trying to make strides in that department. Seth, Tim, definitely more shooters. Uh, they don't really have another like point guard. You know, last year they had Kimba for like a few weeks, but otherwise, if if Luca or whenever they had Dinwiddie, if Dinwiddie was out, or whenever Kyrie got here, if Kyrie was out, it really felt like they lacked playmaking. I mean, that was a big thing all year. Like, who's the third guard? Who's yeah. the third guard? Um, and with Dante, I think they have maybe a guy with at least a little poise, a little playmaking chops. You know, so I'm I'm, I'm excited to see, especially because the year before that, we we saw the Luca Brunson Dinwiddie. We saw that what the three guard stuff looked like. Then they went back to two, and then feels like the whole year we're like, can is Josh running the second unit? Is mm-hmm. it Jaden Hardy? Is it I don't know who it is. And so, yeah, I'm excited for him. Austin, who are you watching? You guys mentioned him. I'm gonna go with Jaden Hardy. Okay. Second year. The Hardy party. Yep. We're going to see what kind of party he can bring out to the court. Um, I'm, I think he'll be a catalyst off the bench. I think he can score when he wants to score. He brings the energy. Like, yes, he is fighting for minutes with Seth and Tim, but I think he has something to prove. And so when he goes into the game, he's going to make an impact and he's going to make strides this season. So I'm excited to see what he can do. He's only 21. Yeah, he's young. He's only 21. They had that game in, in Abu Dhabi. It was Jaden, Josh, Luca, Grant, and Lively starting. And Luca was the oldest one. Like, it is weird how much youth they have. But uh, Jaden, probably the quickest player on the team, probably the fastest player on the team, maybe the most fearless player on the team. And, like, those are really good intangibles. Shots at Luca's speed. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm going there. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming out swinging. Uh, you mentioned the battle with him, Seth, and Tim. That is really tough. What is, in your opinion, what does Jaden need to do as like the youngest guy, as the guy making the lowest salary? Maybe they have high hopes for him, but like, what does he need to do to separate himself from those two guys? I think prove that he's not just a three-point shooter, which he's not, which like you said, he brings the energy. He's really athletic. He can create plays for everyone else. So when we're giving Luca or Kyrie a break, Jaden can come in and create for others, not just score for himself as well. And I think that's kind of what can separate him um, and make a difference when he's out on the court. Yeah, if he can, he made a few really, really nice passes in the Abu Dhabi games. But then I think it was the Madrid game where he had some turnovers, or was it the yeah. second Abu Dhabi? Game? It was one of those. So yeah, it is like that. It's that learning curve. You yeah. know, it's a big learning process. Uh, Isaac, how do you see that shaking out? I With think the, for, that that minutes battle. Yeah, I think for him, he's got to show that he can uh, run the offense efficiently. Because when you look at past Luca and Kyrie, they don't really have a ton of other people who can initiate offense, or like you can clear it out and say, "Hey, go get a bucket." And Jaden's one of those dudes, and you saw that in Abu Dhabi. But but sometimes whenever you put the ball in his hands like that, you've seen turnovers, and you start looking at that assist to turnover ratio, and it's like, all right, you got to show that. Are you going to be just like a undersized flamethrower two guard off the bench, or can you be a backup point guard that can also run the offense and get buckets at the same time? So I think that's for, that for him. He's got to show that he can run like the, the point guard spot efficiently. Yeah. Taking care of the ball. Yep. Yeah. Cannot turn the ball over. Yeah. You can't basically this year, the only players that can turn the ball over are Luke and Kyrie. Yeah. If your name is not Luke or Kyrie and you turn it over, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, the guy that I'm keeping an eye on that also I hope can make more plays and also that I hope can avoid turning the ball over is Josh Green. I don't know if Josh Green is going to start or not. 
I don't think that anyone knows. I'm not even <laughs> sure if Josh Green knows if Josh Green is going to start or not. Does kid know? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if the decision has been made because I mean we've heard it's going to be Derek Jones and we heard it's going to be Josh. Um, it's it could end up being Tim Hardaway. I have no idea. But Josh, you know, alongside Jaden, those are your two probably most athletic, like pound for pound, most athletic players on this team. He can do things in transition that no one else on this roster can. As far as non playmakers, right? The Mavs are very ISO heavy, very guard driven kind of offense. He is probably your best guy that can make a play out of nothing. Attacking from the corner, finding these passes, these jump passes are spectacular. He can just do so many things and is an improving shooter still uh, shot over 40% from three last year. Um, I don't know if he starts or comes off the bench, but I do love the, the Twitter trend of people trying to find the nickname of the uh, for the for the Josh Dante duo off the bench, these two Aussies, uh, your your former partner in crime, of course, Nick uh, Angstad is is driving the driving the bus on this, and there was a response from at Prefab Clout with a couple names that I thought were very funny, uh, um, the Vegemite Vandals. <laughs> I thought that was really wow. good, uh, but my favorite one is if Josh comes off the bench, Josh and Dante combined to form the Great Barrier of Relief. Which I think is pretty good. I think that's pretty good. How the moment Mark Fowler says that on the broadcast, it's the Great Barrier Relief. <laughs> I think that's great. I think that's yeah, great. I like I that. There's too much going on with the that. Wombat Whoppers. That was another one. I thought I saw someone with kangaroo. Yeah, Nick said the kangaroo kids. He told that to Josh, and Josh laughed. He didn't like that one. <laughs> I bet he did. I I don't know if he liked it or not. He definitely <laughs> laughed. He he got a good <laughs> chuckle out of that, and then said, "Keep thinking of him." So yeah, I don't sorry, know. I think he's saying no. Yeah. All right. So we gotta we gotta think. If you have any ideas, drop them in the comment section. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can think about some for next week. But uh, how how do y'all feel about Josh this year? Um, I saw that Josh Giddy, his um, he, who he played with in the summer for Australia, said like he thinks he's gonna win Most Improved Player. Oh so wow. Okay. He has you know high thoughts on him, so I'm kind of with him. I think that he's gonna make a big step this year and. Um, make a big leap and help the Mavericks in a way that they need. Yeah, I think he should start. Um, and I, I think the the thing with him is there's not too many guys on this team that can guard the point of attack guys. And so if, if he doesn't start, and you're like, all right, well, who's guarding the other point guard? Who's guarding the Lillards or Stephs or Trays and all that? And in years past, we've had Reggie Bullock out there. Uh, Dorian has taken on that assignment at times. Um it feels like you know you bring in Grant Williams to guard kind of like the bigger fours uh, in, in the league and stuff. So who's that next guy? Are you going to ask Kyrie to chase around the guys? You're probably not going to ask Luca to do it. And then it's, all right, well, who's, who's going to be in that spot? Is it Josh? Is it Dante Exum? Is it Derek Jones Jr.? Whoever it is. And I feel like Josh has taken on that assignment last year. Feels like a natural progression for him this year to kind of step into the Reggie Bullock role. And it's like, all right, be the starter. Let's, hopefully your three-point shot continues like it did last year at that 40% mark, but be the guy that guards the opposing you know, point guards. The big challenge he encountered last year, just like you know Derek Lively worrying about foul trouble as a rookie, is especially defending in space. Josh likes to get physical. Sometimes he gets a little handsy. Sometimes he just gets a little too close and picks up some cheapies. So if he wants to start and if you want to go up against the star-level guards that know all the cheap tricks, <laughs> yes. You got to keep your hands to yourself, and so that'll be that'll be something to watch. But yeah, I think all three of those guys are really good answers because it very well could be that Exum, Hardy, and Green all start the season coming off the bench. But 
very, very likely that at least at some point this season, they're each going to end up starting like multiple games and there's an opportunity for them to get a lot of minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's do some Western Conference thoughts. Ooh. Let's give some basketball opinions and feel free to chime in in the comments as well with uh, your answers to these questions. Because look, we're going to all be right, probably, but we might be wrong <laughs> about like one thing. And so we're just curious, you know, to, to hear what y'all have to say. So we're going to have a couple team thoughts and then a couple player predictions. Okay. Let's start with some team thoughts. I want to know, let's start with Isaac. Give me a team that you're higher on than maybe everybody else in the whole world and a team that maybe you're lower on than Ooh. what you've been reading and hearing and thinking and we're just <laughs> and we're just things. doing the west right just the west yeah, only yeah, western the, west. Con the eastern conference does not matter okay let, let's do the i thought it was an either or so i did a i did lower um mm. for me i'm lower start on start with higher <laughs> <laughs> who am i higher i mean okay i'll i'll start i think whenever you're looking at how the rockets are getting talked about as like just still being one of those bottom teams in the league I think they do take a step forward a little bit. I don't think they're top six or anything like that, but I do. I actually think they're going to be challenging for that like ten spot in the play-in. Oh, wow. okay. I, I think they take a pretty good leap. I I really like Jabari Smith Jr. Um, you know they br bring in Ime. Um, it feels like they're trying to change up the culture there. They bring in a bunch of like win now guys. Even Reggie Bullock recently signed there. Um, Jeff Green, Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks. And yes, it, it just feels like they're trying to shift things. And I think some of the young guys, it's a combination of, hey, Brett Van Vliet, I think is a good player. And some of these guys are going to get a ton of minutes. And I think their young guys are going to take a little step forward. So I'm a little higher on them. And I'd say I'm lower on the Clippers. And I, I just, at some point, I'm just, I'm just all out on like the whole Clipper experience. And I, I just, it feels like the same squad has been together since I was in like eighth grade. And these guys, you start looking at their role players. It feels like the role players are getting older. You're they're secretly like a very old team. Yeah, and, and that happened quick. You're asking a lot for that star duo to actually play. And you know, Russ is still playing is playing a big role for that team. So I'm just I'm lower and than a lot of people. And shots fired at the Clippers. You heard it here that, first. That's fine <laughs> with me. I don't <laughs> shoot away. Austin, what about you? Well, the team that I'm high on, I don't think it's like a shocking team. I'm going to go with the Suns. I feel like a lot of people are, so it's not like a Are you Do you think they're going to be like good, 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 good? Yeah. Like, do you think they're going to be like best team? Good, 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 good. Well, I mean, like a lot of people are like their offense is good, but their defense sucks or whatever, you know? Yeah. The thing is like they have so much offensive firepower, so I think they're going to score a lot of points and that's going to win a lot of games. Um, I like what they have in Beal and Booker and KD. I think they added a little bit more depth. Um, off their bench too so yeah I'm high on them I don't know if they're good 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 <laughs> but maybe like good good, good. okay like good, good. three right. goods I'll okay. give them three goods Ooh, three good three, three goods. goods yeah okay yeah Ooh. last year they were what they finished fourth I think did they they made that KD trade mid-season though right yeah yeah okay hard to remember I know they lose Chris Paul but you don't you they're not gonna miss a beat no what team do you hate <laughs> I, <laughs> okay this isn't a team that i hate either so i feel like i'm my my picks are like not like well cat hated the kings last year so she did hate the kings she was a hater yeah oh 
Mid-season, the Kings are like second in the West, and we gave mid-season grades. Cat gave him a C. Yeah. He's like, still not impressed. He's like, I'm yeah. not lighting that beam. So like, light the beam is a bad bit. <laughs> C. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, I'm going to go with the Spurs. Not that they're going to be bad. There's just a lot of hype around them, and I think it's just going to take a couple more years before they get to where they want to get to. So... I don't know. If so you don't think Wimby's going to be good? No, I think he is going to be good. <laughs> I think it's going to take some time for him to yeah. develop and for you know everyone to figure out how to play around him and how to build this program around him and a, a player like that. So I think they will be good in a few years, but not sure about this season. If if the Spurs win the first game, it's going to be tough. We blame Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Pop, we know you're Just watching. Leave this one off the bulletin board. All right, man. Please. He's putting that one on the bulletin he board. He is. Uh, okay, team I'm higher on, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. I think they're going to be very good. I was wrong about them last year. I thought that they were going to be a top four team. I thought it was going to work out great. Of course, Cat missed almost the entire season. Uh, they dealt with a lot of, lot of drama, especially at the end of the year. Um, I think they're going to figure it out. I think they're going to be very, very good. Um, maybe not good, 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 but I think at least two goods. Two goods. I'm going good, goods. Or you know what? <laughs> How about good with three O's? I think they mean good. Now it's getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. Good, 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 good. All right, good. rotate the camera. It's the corner two now. Um, okay, team. I'm lower on. Shout out Kati Vialba. Sacramento Kings. Whoa! Not that I don't. She I th- talked you into this. <laughs> no, she didn't. We had, <laughs> we did have a pre-pro meeting. Actually, it's a new era. We did have a pre-production meeting for this show, but uh, Kati did not influence or sway my opinion by offering me patronage or any other sorts of <laughs> gifts. Um, it's not that I don't think the Kings are going to be good. I think that other teams in the West got better, and the Kings basically have the same team, and they're relatively young, like. Fox, young, Kevin Herter, even still kind of young, Keegan Murray, young, like Sabonis is not old, but I just think year two, can you repeat it? You got Phoenix coming in strong. You got Minnesota's going to be better. Um, you know, maybe Memphis is going to struggle without jaw. So there's room to climb up, but I don't know, like the Lakers, I, I don't know. I don't know that the Kings are necessarily like going to be a lock for the top six. That's what I'm, mm. that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to say. It's not that I'm a Kings hater. All right. It's not that I'm a Kings hater. Let the record show. But I just don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, Austin, let's start with you on the next one. Which team in the West is the hardest to predict? Like, which team are you just have a hard time getting a pulse on? So I'm going to say Oklahoma City and not that I don't know how to predict them. I think they have a young core and we've seen what Josh Giddy can do, what SGA can do. Um, but... I think there's, like you said, just so many other teams in the West that, you know, have great all-star players. The competition level is just really high this season. So I don't know how they're going to fall. I think they'll be in the middle of the pack. Um, But I think they could go up or down. But I'm leaning more towards them going up. I I like the young players. They play with so much energy. They're fun to watch. Um, But they're still a little hard to predict. Shots fired at Oklahoma. Gosh. You really are a Texan. My former state, yeah, yeah I know. You really are a Texan. They're a super popular pick to to climb. Yeah. But it is yeah. it's hard to take the leap from like kind of good to like bona fide playoff team. Right, like in know? the middle to get yeah. to that. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard to do it's hard to do that. Well, the, I think the NBA GMs agreed with you when you know the GM survey came out uh, last week and it, this question was asked, 
the Sixers was the number one you know mm-hmm. choice on that. But the the two teams after that was a tie, and it was OKC and it was Dallas, and uh, just how hard for GMs around the league is to predict like what's going to happen with you know. And and I do I I do think it's kind of harder uh, to try to project where Dallas can be right now in the standings. They're not my pick. Pick. I would pick. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Getting emotional. I, I know. I was like, <laughs> We could go now. Uh, <laughs> my pick is New Orleans, and I just don't know what to do with them. I, you, last year they started off really good. I think they were like the first, you know, one, one seed in the West for a little bit. Yeah. And you know Zion, I don't know what is going to happen with him if he's, you know, how healthy he's going to be. But if you told me they finished fifth or sixth, I'd be like, okay, I kind of see it. You know, I see the path. If you told me they finished outside the top ten, I'd be like, hmm, all right. Cool, I kind of get to it. So I just I have no clue how to predict them. They were going to be my answer for the team that I was lower on, and then they were going to be the answer for the team that it's hard to predict. And I was like, I don't even I don't I don't know. I they're my answer to neither, but I kind of wish they were. They just don't have a point guard. It's really yeah. hard to win without having a point guard. Um, my answer, the Utah Jazz. They were there the entire season, right in the middle of it, right like six, seven, eight for the entire year until they made the decision to uh, experiment with the rotation down the stretch, which led indirectly to losses, which totally did not influence anything in the West, unlike what the Mavs did. Um, I think that they have young guys, Markkanen, Walker Kessler. uh, They got guys that are going to get a lot better, but they added a ton uh, of rookies into their rotation, Keontae George, Taylor Hendricks, and so on. And I think like you have so many young guys – I think they're a well-coached team. I think their offense has a lot of structure. I think their defense is really well designed around Kessler, and I think like that makes it a little easier for young guys to figure it out, but we've seen how many times it takes really talented young teams to fail before they finally succeed. Um, OKC last year, great example. They finally broke through, and they still didn't make it into the playoffs. They made it to the play-in. Um, Utah did not either, I don't think, right? They finished, they finished 12th. Yeah. Um, in the West. So like getting into the plane would be a big success for them. I'm not sure that they can get there though, again, because so many teams, the West got better. So I don't, I don't really know how to figure them out. I, I think they're trying to win, um, but it's hard to win whenever you're giving a bunch of minutes to teenagers. It's just hard. It's hard. Um, but I think they're also going to be really good too. So I, I, I don't <laughs> know. I really don't know. It's, it's really tough, like figuring out where the Mavs fit in the pecking order of it all, because like they finished just behind OKC and just ahead of Utah, and you can make the case that both of those teams are going to be better this year, but you could also make the case that the Mavs are going to be better. So I, I don't really, I feel like the Mavs yeah. are also right in that conversation too. They are, um, yeah. Teams that are hard to predict. It's yeah. right at the right at the bottom of that playing picture. Um, okay. Player predictions now. Still staying in the Western Conference. Still staying in the West because again, the East does not matter. I want to know. I'll start with this one. I guess take turns. Uh, who's going to have a breakout season? this year which player are you you think is going to join whatever it is make their first all-star team uh make an all-defense team take a big step forward make a name for himself um i'm gonna say and maybe i'm a year too late on this but i would have maybe given you this answer last year too Jaden mcdaniels minnesota timberwolves dude is a stud 12 points per game four rebounds last year shot 40 percent from three maybe the best luka defender in basketball um, it, and now Luca did have 25 points in the first half against Minnesota, uh, in one of those two games. So maybe that's not true anymore, but it does feel like in the regular season, every time those two guys match up, 
Luka's got a tough game because McDaniel's just so long, such good instincts, such a good defensive player. Um, and he's a really improving offensive player too. And I think in, in that offense, playing alongside Ant and Cat, I'm not sure how many touches he's going to get. So I don't think he's going to give you like 18 points a game or anything. But I think he can pop off uh, with that from time to time. And I think he is going to probably be um, – there's going to be a all defensive team hype train rolling uh, in his direction all season long. So I think Jaden McDaniels might break out. Go ahead and and uh, book it. At, book it. <laughs> My turn. Yep. Okay. Um, I'll give some love to Oklahoma City since you said I was hating on them earlier. No, yeah, it's only hate. <laughs> Change your choice. Well, this is breakout now. So this is this is. They were bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going with Chet Holmgren. Okay. I think he yeah. could win Rookie of the Year. Okay. Um, he's healthy. He's gained a little bit of weight, muscle. He's versatile on offense. He's a shot blocker on defense. He's playing with SGA and Getty. Um, I'm, I think he's going to have a breakout year. They need a big man. They need a big man. That's like the one thing that, that they don't have. Every other position they're loaded at, and it really sucks. They're all like 14, dude. How did they yeah, get they're, that? Yeah. I can't get out of my head that Rafael Barlow tweeted out uh, a few weeks ago. He's like, he looks like Abe Lincoln. <laughs> and honestly, every time I see him now, I just can't, I can't not think about the it. images in your head. Dude. With him with the top hat does. on. <laughs> I almost picked Chet. I really did. He's been a lot of fun. And yeah, I actually, I, I feel like I'm probably in the minority. I think Chet or Scoot wins Rookie of the Year over Wimby. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Scoot too? The only problem is Wimby's just going to get so much love. And I, I'm so excited to see him play. But... Yes, I feel like the Chet v Wimby games are going to be like they got to be on ESPN at some like yeah. some point soon. I yeah. mean that is like the that's like the dream. These two like freakazoid aliens from the future. Yeah, you know? I feel like Luca in the first you know minute and a half of the game is just going to want to a clear out with Wimby on him just for the fun of it. The thing is, how do you shoot over him and Chet too? Their wingspans are like fifteen try. feet long. You know, yeah, it seems impossible. It seems impossible. It is. So annoying that Wimby's on the Spurs. I want I to. We haven't done a corner three since the lottery. Uh, very annoying that he he's in the division. To Charlotte, come on. Yeah, I know. Come on, or Detroit, or literally anywhere else. Yeah, literally anywhere else uh, would have been super cool. Um, okay, who is going to lead the West in three pointers made? Austin. Kevin Durant. Ooh. Okay. He's a guy that can lead the league in scoring. He can. He's a great, you know, shooter. He's one of the best. Um, he's on a team that's going to score a lot of points this year with Booker and Beal. And I think when you're shooting a lot, that means you're also shooting a lot of three-pointers. So I think by the end of the season, he'll have made the most. Um, I think it's Steph. And I think Steph's going to have some crazy... I thought we weren't allowed to pick Steph. I thought it was... Uh, sorry. Oh, is it non-Steph division? Oh, oh, I thought it was. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, mean, I, I think I, I actually yeah, said that. I think I Bobby did say that. Well, yeah. I will say... That's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. good okay. choice. Okay. All right. The non-Steph division. Cheater. Clay. Non-Warriors division. Cheater. Fred Van Vliet. Okay. Yeah. All right. So last year, Van Vliet was 14th in the league and three-pointers made. He obviously played in Toronto. I think, you know, he's going to be the clear-cut point guard in Houston. He's going to... They paid him an insane amount of money. I think he's going to chuck up threes left and right. So uh, that's my... <laughs> That's my non-Warriors division. They and, hired him to run the team, though, but you think it doesn't matter. I'm just letting him fly. Yeah. And I also, can I, I, was, I would love to say my answer for the last question. 
Jabari Smith Jr. was is my breakout. Is my breakout player. Oh, did we not get to you? No. Oh my bad. I do want to say Jabari because I'm a big believer in him, and I think I feel like a lot of people think or view Jalen Green as like the main guy for Houston, and I think it's Jabari Smith. And I don't think he's like All Star this year or anything, but I think that we're gonna end the year saying. Okay, Jabari's like one of the stud, like young players that is like the focal point in Houston. I could have sworn that you answered it because you said Chet was going to be my pick, but then. <laughs> yeah. Someone or, else. No, was, are we talking yeah. about Rookie of the Year in that conversation, I guess? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. My yeah. bad. I didn't mean Good to. Good job, censor, Bobby. Thanks. I didn't mean to censor you. <laughs> I just knew your answer would suck. Um, <laughs> okay, so to, to run down the list of. Uh, players who are still in the West, by the way, with Dame gone and a couple other guys switch conferences too. Last year, your leader in three-pointers made, Clay. Number two, Steph. Uh, number three, Anthony Edwards. How about number four, only one behind Ant, Tim Hardaway Jr. Wow. Ooh. How about that? So if we're going non-Warriors division, I might just go with Anthony Edwards. I'm all aboard the the Minnesota train. Uh, you know, woof, woof, let's go. Um, if not Ant, then I mean maybe Tim. I have, I really have no idea. Ant made... 212 threes last season uh, and played, I don't think he played all 82, but he played a lot. So he made about three per game. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., same thing. So it wouldn't surprise me if either of those guys lead the West in three-pointers made. I'm trying to think of like some sleeper pick. I feel like KD and, and Van Vliet are both really good sleepers. I'll, I'll give you a sleeper. Okay. Grant Williams. Ooh. Okay. I think Grant's going to rapidly climb this list. The, He's going to get eight or ten looks a game probably. He is. I mean, you. I mean, in those first two uh, Abu Dhabi games, he took seven each in the you know, first halves. And it's like, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and it's like, all right, he's going to get open shots all the time. He took and, seven in the first half. Yeah, in both of those games. So wow. I, I just, I, I really do think that one of my weird predictions this year is that I think he's going to be in the three-point shootout. And I think he's going to establish this kind of reputation this year as like one of the best like three and D guys in the league, uh, just because he shot over forty percent last year from three, and he's going to get a ton of threes on this team. That's a good pick. I like that. Yeah, I mean, if he takes eight a game and shoots his average, he makes three a game. And if he plays eighty games, that's two hundred forty threes. Take that math. How about that? That would put him at number six in in the league. In the but league last year, number three in the West, behind only Steph and Clay, and not behind Steph by much. You're so good at math. I okay. and and chess. Maybe you got to tune in to find out. Is Grant Williams good at chess? You got to tune in. Uh, okay. Lastly, Isaac, because I skipped you before, let's start with you for this one. Who is going to lead the Western Conference in technical fouls? Dylan Brooks. Okay. Come on down. Yeah, it's Dylan Brooks. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I think play he, same guy. I think he just leads the whole league. Like it's just. Last season, Dylan Brooks had 18 technical fouls. Yeah. Did not have the most in the league. True. That was my pick. Draymond Green, 21 techs last season. Okay. And I think Draymond... Now he has Chris Paul to mentor him. So that's the thing, right? Like, does having Draymond and Chris on the same team dial up the intensity for both? Or do they sort of, like, one of them tries to take a tone it down a little bit and the other one just goes even further off the deep end? Or do they both, like suppress each other i really don't know that I don't trade know. happened and the refs are like you've got to be kidding me yeah dude <laughs> jordan Poole last year had 15 for the warriors and he's not there anymore so someone's got to pick up the slack it might be chris but i'm still going with draymond 
I'm with you. I'm going with Draymond too. Let's go. Yeah. Dynasty continues. <laughs> the uh, real question is, this got thrown out in our production call, which state will have more mm. techs? California or Texas? That is a tough one. California has the edge because they got four teams. Of course, the Warriors, the Kings, which uh, Isaac, you pointed out, De'Aaron Fox had a lot of techs last year. Now, I don't think many other players on the Kings had a lot. I think they're a pretty mild-mannered bunch. HB, you know, cultural leader, and so on. But the Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers, a lot of techs. But Dylan Brooks and Lucas carrying a lot <laughs> yeah. of weight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kyrie, I don't think, is a big tech guy, right? Like, he doesn't get a lot of techs. I don't really think Grant, anyone else Grant will. Will Grant get a tech? I think he will. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if uh I don't know if Live I Lively's a rookie, so he might not get a benefit of the doubt, so he might get some cheap techs, but I don't think the Mavs are gonna commit a lot of techs. I think Houston will. And I don't know about the Spurs. I don't know. I don't know how like Zach demonstrative Collins. Wimby is. Like Wimby might Wimby might literally look at the ref and say, like, you are bad at your job. You know, like he might just like, like tech. Yeah, yeah. Like Stop. just like do this to them. Like, ah! Uh that's a good one. I, I think I would go with California, but if it's like California minus five and a half, then I don't know what I would do. That's a good one. That's a tough one. Yeah, with Luca and, and Dylan Brooks, and you got some young guys. Like Jabari Smith had nine last year. So it's like Jabari and Jalen Green could get a few. You get some Spurs players. Zach Collins is due for a good five or six probably. They need some other people to step up and help them. <laughs> Grant Williams. Who's going to deliver? And, of course, the Clippers too. Russ, always a big tech guy. Marcus Morris last year, I got a lot of texts. Paul George usually gets texts. Kawhi doesn't, so that's one thing working talk. in their favor. Yeah, he doesn't talk. <laughs> if he did, though, man, he'd get 82 texts. <laughs> Refs would not know what to think. Um, all right, any uh, any bonus predictions, any bonus takes, any, any, uh, any final Western Conference ideas? Or did we already share all of our basketball knowledge that we have in our big brains? <laughs> Can I ask you all a question? Do you all who do you have in like the top tier of the West? Like you have Denver, Denver repeating cha- or you know reigning NBA champions. Do you have anybody else in that? Is it the Suns? Is it the Lakers? It is or is that like a tier by themselves at the top? I think they're up there. I think all three of those are pretty close Some together. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. Because like, do you Bobby's mean like, do you mean by wins? Do you mean wins or like playoffs? regular season wins? Yeah. Okay. Because I think the Suns are going to win a gazillion games. You just score so many points. I'm not sure that the oh man, I don't even like talking about the Lakers, but like I'm not sure the Lakers are going to win a gazillion games. I just don't know if they have like the depth to do that. If one of those guys gets hurt, like I think that they'll be really tough to beat in the playoffs. But they think they're going to be closer to like six or seven, like they were last year. I think. Um, I'm just banging the Wolves drum, man. I think they're going to break through and win a, a lot of games. I Top think, four in the West, Wolves. I think that that's a that's a sexy pick. That's my that's my pick to click. I think it's like Ooh. in some order: Nuggets, Suns, Wolves, maybe maybe the Grizzlies, maybe OKC, maybe I don't know about OK. I mean, it could be the Mavs too, like because like. Just like, and I know that, you know, you're a homer, but like, just like the Suns are going to score a gazillion, the Mavs are also going to score a thousand points per minute, you know? And it really just comes down to if either of those teams can not be bottom 10 in defense, then they're going to win a ton of games. And so it would not surprise me if a team like the Mavs or the Wolves or the Thunder just crashed through because they're just able to like be good enough at defense. Yeah. 
All right. That's all I had. Well, what's your what's yours? Uh, yeah, I think Denver's at the top kind of by themselves, and I have, I have Phoenix right there. Um, and then I think it's a little bit of a drop-off to, like, the Lakers and all that of the world. And so, yeah. Well, we'll find out in uh, six months. We'll definitely revisit <laughs> our choices to see who was right and who was wrong. Of course, we got uh, Isaac last year won the playoff prediction pool by one point over Cat, who chose the champion Denver Nuggets. So we do some selection stuff on this show, and we might not revisit the results, but don't worry. We track it amongst ourselves. So we will definitely revisit these at the end of the year to see who was right and who was wrong. But the real basketball is getting started very, very, very soon on Wednesday night. It is the Mavs and the Spurs, and then next Friday is the home opener. That is October 27th, the Mavs versus the Nets, and my guy Dorian Finney-Smith and Dennis Smith Jr. in the same building on the same team. And Dan Whitty. And Dinwiddie, too. Oh, man. All right. Do we... Okay. Dennis has been back, right? Is there like a Dinwiddie tribute video and Dorian tribute video? Like the Dorian tribute video has got to be like an hour long. But like the, there's got to be a Dinwiddie tribute video, right? 30 points in game seven. <laughs> like what do we do? Do we play them both? Is it like a tandem trip? Kind of a disservice to Dorian if you like... Do it together. Yeah, do yeah. it together. It's like... Because Dorian was here for seven years. But Spencer did help us get to the conference finals. He did. And he hit the buzzer beater against the yeah. team he now plays for. And we had so many Bitcoin stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we, I don't think we're able to talk about that, Isaac. <laughs> 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 uh, we'll revisit that at a future date, too, maybe if we're uh, allowed to. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway, that is happening next week. And we'll be back with you next Saturday for reactions to the season opener for some look ahead to, to the fallen basketball stuff. We're very excited to bring back the corner three for another season. For updates on this show and everything else that we got, including the Grant Williams Chess Interview, including all of our other regular podcasts, including some new ones rolling out this season that we're really, really, really excited about, the best way to stay in the loop is to click the subscribe the subscribe button uh, somewhere down here uh, to the Mavs YouTube channel. Subscribe to this podcast on all your platforms uh, of choice, and then also follow at MavStudio41 on X and on Instagram. And I think we're going to make profiles on other platforms soon, so make sure to follow us there whenever we do that. And you can stay up to date on all of the latest content coming your way. Thank you two for joining me. I appreciate it. Isaac, Austin, uh, new bio, and you gotta you got to figure out what you can and can't say. Uh, working here now, so you gotta you gotta study the rules. For Cat and Chopper in the back, I'm Bobby, and we'll see you next week on the Corner Three.